It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we've got Luis Marchand. He is the Director and CEO of Flora Growth. You can find him on NASDAQ at FLGC. Luis, thanks for being back on The Talking Hedge. Josh, it's a pleasure to be back. Good to see you. Um, so what do you got? What do you got new? I mean, there's a lot going on. I see that you've got some, you're hiring a bunch of people. You've got some M&As. There's a lot of talk about. Normally, I kind of ask you like what you're doing, but we've, you know, I've had you on the podcast a couple of times. So what's new? Well, clearly the biggest news that we have for you today and your your audience, Josh, is the acquisition of Just CBD, uh, mm. a massive CBD player in the North American space. And and a, a big uh, player for the global cannabis space into the near future. So just CBD, there's a lot of companies out there uh, in CBD. Why, why them? When you went through that whole process and you saw a whole bunch of companies, what was it that resonated with you from either branding or management, as well as down to the financials? There's so many different facets of how to choose uh, one of so many companies, how did you go about that process? You're absolutely right, Josh. I mean, from, from early stages, when we developed the mergers and acquisition strategy of our company, we, we highlighted the three strategic pillars for every acquisition, which included incredible talent, meaningful execution in terms of, of revenue generation and fundamentals in the financial, and then distribution. And those three tenets were evaluated uh, in, a, in a very detailed way over the last 90 days as we completed due diligence for, for the company. And the, the company just checked all the boxes. Obviously, when, when the highlights include $28 million of audited revenue in 2020, $7 million in EBITDA, a founder and CEO that has been highlighted as one of the emerging leaders in the industry by Forbes 30 under 30 mm-hmm. leaders and, and just an incredible entrepreneur. So when you check the boxes and when you look under the hood, the company felt like a clear, clear uh, leader in the industry and separated itself from other CBD competitors. Mm-hmm. Distribution, I find um, underutilized. There's there's athletes that are starting, athletes, rapper, you name it, everyone's kind of starting a CBD company. And yet, even when they do get kind of get into some stores, um, they can get into a couple different, you know, dozen different stores and locations, and then they stall out. And it's maybe from partially a lack of revenue, but I think it's the lack of the distribution channel. Can you kind of um, explain from your own experiences, but even before cannabis, you understand how important it is for a solid distribution channel. How much more important is it in an industry like, uh, like CBD? It's critical, Josh. Not only distribution, and I, and I think this goes back to why we acquired just CBD. Uh, in order for you to be successful in expanding distribution at scale and have that exponential growth that we're looking uh, in in the industry, uh, you have to make sure that you prove that you have a robust supply chain, that you can not only manufacture complete product but distribute based on inventory sell-throughs over the short uh, over a short period of time. And just CBD demonstrated to be able to do just that. They have already 
14,000 distribution points across the United States. That was very important to us. Are they able to maintain, do they have the intelligence to maintain the supply chain, to have the data to replenish the products and the, and the SKUs that are actually selling? And that was a key point that we, uh, that we found was exceptionally robust inside the company. But for emerging companies, not, not only being in a, in, a, in, in a broad distribution network, but having the potential to scale the distribution network so you can continue to deliver accelerated growth year over year. And even though just CBD is already in 14,000 distribution points, uh, there's still a lot of room for growth, both nationally and internationally from a company perspective. And that's why we're so excited about the brand. Mm-hmm. So what about, you mentioned uh, having having the right skew. If, if you're in a, in a spot like Washington State and you're looking for a cannabis brand, there's 2,000 SKUs and it's incredibly uh, daunting task. Uh, but then there's a point where you look at some products that just don't sell, chocolate-covered espresso beans or some of these niche products. Uh, will we be right. seeing CBD mattresses in Macy's in the future? Is that too niche? No, it's, it's, it's certainly an expectation that we're going to continue to look at all uses of cannabis across the multiple industries in which cannabis will disrupt. Uh, but it, it goes down to skew count is not as important at, as the quality of each one of the SKUs. And we have seen uh, that JCBD does, does, does this exceptionally well. They currently are, are in between 240 and 300 uh, SKUs individual of them, but do a very good job at evaluating the performance of each one of them. There's a very robust database, a very robust loyalty and repurchase rate on these on these products. And they understand which metrics they need to incorporate to either accelerate distribution of a product or very quickly discontinue it so it doesn't hit the bottom line of the company. But in terms of product innovation, Josh, yes, uh, there, there's, there's certainly the possibility for the expansion into other categories of business. And, and going back to, to the just CBD acquisition, not only like uh, obviously food and beverage, which is a category that we were betting on, we know is growing uh, uh, dramatically. We're seeing that accelerated growth that, that we're looking for over the next three to five years. We expect that to continue. There's other categories, including pet wellness and topicals that continue to be very interesting that we'll, we'll invest resources into. Mm-hmm. You're also investing in your own human resources. Your team is building and, and kind of expanding. Is that right? It's correct, Josh. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's the foundation of our company. From day one, we, we, we set out to, uh, to attract the best, most diverse, and most skilled talent in the industry. We are attracting talent from multiple disciplinary functions and industries, and we have made significant announcements uh, into our officer as well as our director and management composition, and even even in our board. So some of the announcements include uh, Tim Leslie, who was a former CEO of, of Leafly, as well as a as a very uh, a, a, a very well renowned uh, Amazon executive. We also um, named James Cho, founder of Vessel, our chief strategy officer. Jesse Kastner, our new chief marketing officer, and we're going to continue to strengthen the ranks of our of our organization as we see the needs for them. And these these decisions have been made as we have scaled our operations. Our revenues continue to increase. Our expansion into the global uh, it's, uh, landscape it will continue to, to accelerate. And as those things happen, we're going to continue to add talented individuals to our ranks. 
Yeah, so you're growing your 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 folks there, but you're also growing your kind of portfolio. So these mergers and acquisitions that you've been involved with are obviously uh, adding to your top line. You mentioned that just CBD had 28 million in revenue. Is that right? That's correct. That was for 2020. Okay, and so what what is your um, your goal, I guess, or what can you talk about moving forward? What what areas are you looking at, and how much have these acquisitions helped with your top line? Well, tremendously, Josh. We, we clearly had a path uh, to profitability and grow organic growth in our company over the next two to three years, and that has has always been our mission. We want to make sure we are. Uh, a global leader in the cannabis space, but also a profitable one. Very few companies in the cannabis space are, are, are doing that. And that has always been our, our focus, building a, a global cannabis leader. Uh, but but acquisitions, like obviously, you know, Josh, the, the, the cannabis industry is going through a period of consolidation. A lot of companies are, are looking for companies that are well positioned, like Flora Growth, to, to partner with and help them accelerate their, their growth, um, their distribution and their reach, just like just CBD. And we're looking at those companies very intently because if they help us accelerate the vision that we have for the company and save uh, save us time in terms of uh, distribution, organic growth, revenue generation, and even shorten our time, our path to profitability, we're de- definitely going to take a detailed look at them. Uh, but, but clearly, our, our company is anchored, continues to be anchored on three foundational growth pillars. The first one is wholesale cannabis, which includes Dry flower and derivatives are out of Colombia. We grow cannabis at one of the lowest production costs in the world. And the cannabis space represents about 50% of, of all revenues in, in coming out of dry flower. So we're going to continue to work in that space. And we have great news coming out of our farm in Colombia. Great results, great genetics. And we look forward to start uh, distrib- uh, distributing our dry flower this year. Our second one is our CPG portfolio, which continues to strengthen and deliver meaningful revenues over the short and midterm. And then our third one is a pharmaceutical arm, which is focusing, focused on, on cannabis research. It's focused on, on creating great formulations, but also informing consumers with scientific-based research that gives the confidence to consumers and patients that they're, that they're ingesting and they're using the best quality products for their, for their wellness. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, a lot of folks that are looking at at value in the industry right now. That the way that the the market is, it hasn't been that great for cannabis stocks. Hasn't been that great for anybody in the last few months. Um, I'm wondering if that was an opportunity or a challenge for you, with like the great resignation, for example, in your ability to acquire this talent. Was that challenging to find or did it just kind of create a funnel that led to you can you kind of explain if it was a, a challenge or benefit it's it's both ways josh i think in terms of uh in terms of the of capital markets uh clearly it 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 presents both a challenge and a benefit a challenge in that we have seen a deterioration of our uh, of our capitalization it, it's happened to to every company it's happened to the cannabis index uh, especially the cannabis industry has been affected by the regulatory framework which uh, especially in the United States, that that we expected uh, some of the of the bills to pass and they didn't pass, and then they were passed, but they didn't pass again, mm-hmm. and so that impacted that, that impacted the ability to execute for some of these 
players in the industry and also created some level of, of uncertainty. But on the other hand, great companies that have great fundamentals also saw their market capitalizations come down and that gave opportunities for companies that had a great cash positioning, that are well positioned to uh, attract them and then uh, acquire them. And that's precisely what happened with, with us and, and just CBD. We were able to get uh, to uh, get the company with great people, great revenues, great distribution, positive EBITDA at a, at a, at a very, very favorable valuation for our shareholders. So that's that's a, a meaningful one. And then in terms of talent acquisition, it, it it's it's been very helpful in that in that talent from other industries, what we would consider traditional industries that have a stigma against cannabis are more open to exploring cannabis as an opportunity to to uh, continue to further their careers. And, and we have seen great interest from, uh, from all industries. We, we clearly are seeing a great shift from the great resignation into non-traditional, uh, more, uh, more future high, hyper growth companies, just, just as, as for a growth is. And I think that's gonna be a continue to be the, the trend over the near future. Mm-hmm. And right now, too, there's going to be even more consolidation companies that either want an exit strategy because it's trying times or they they're stupid money and they can't, you know, they can't not take the offer uh, or they just have to fold for whatever reason and, and, and capitulate uh, when that happens um, as a, what seemingly is the longest bull market in history kind of comes to an end. How well are you positioned for that M&A strategy and consolidation? And are you looking at value? Are you looking at distressed assets, East Coast, West Coast? Yeah, all of the above, uh, uh, Josh. Like, I think it's important that we go back to the M&A strategy of our, of our company. We will evaluate the occasional distressed asset if it makes sense for a company's strategy, which includes, of course, wholesale, CPG, and pharmaceutical research. If it, if it falls into those buckets and it can be accretive to our infrastructure, we will look at distressed assets. We're not interested in acquiring distressed companies. I think the companies that we want to work with are companies that are thriving, are companies that have very clean balance sheets, that have not acquired debt. There's something that was incredibly impressive about, about just CBD. It's a company that grew from no revenues, literally no revenues, to $30 million without raising any debt, no debt in the, in the balance sheet. It's a very, very clean company. And that is something that, that we're looking for. We're looking for people that know how to execute, that are responsible financially, that can support the companies and the company's growth mission, and that are creative uh, from, from all those three, those three lessons. But but without a doubt, Josh, there's companies out there that are executed, but their market caps have been have been uh, shrunk to a place where they can no longer continue to operate on their own. We're going to take a look at those, and if they if they are creative and they make sense for Flores infrastructure, then we're certainly going to make the move. Well, there's plenty of them out there. I think this is almost a record where around 50% of all stocks trading uh, on, I believe, it was the S and P are down 50%. Um, I don't think uh, FLGC escaped that either. I think in the last 52 weeks, you guys are down uh, 50 or 57%, something like that. Unfortunately, moving in momentum with legalization instead of being decoupled with your own fundamentals. I feel like fundamentals have been 
um, you know, dead by comparison to technical traders for a long time. And if folks looked at the fundamental opportunities separate from the federal legalization, they would see an opportunity in, in FLGC. When, in, in your opinion, will you do you feel that there will be the, the finally the decoupling away from, you know, um, cannabis stocks as a whole and 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 regulation or federal legalization, when will they start trading individually on their own as they deserve to be? Yeah, I think, uh, Josh, it's a, it's a great point that you're making. And I think it's important to, to like, it's, it's a certainty that it will happen. It is going to happen because there's companies that have very solid fundamentals, such as mine, that, that will execute. And we, we just don't know when it's going to happen. Um, I, my belief will be over the next over the next six to eighteen months, depending on a number of variables. Clearly, there's a lot of geopolitical uh, geopolitical situations that are affecting uh, capital markets today. But with but with that in mind, our focus at Flora is to ensure that we have a path to profitability, regardless of the instability of the and the uncertainty of the markets, because eventually investors. Are, are, are smart enough to look at companies that can execute on those fundamentals, are companies that have exponential revenue growth, that are expanding their infrastructure, that are managing their capital, that have a clean balance sheet and have a path to profitability, those companies are going to end up being rewarded. And then the, the, the path to the regulatory framework being clear, cleared up in the, in the U.S. is also a matter of time. So there will be key accelerators of growth in the cannabis industry, and I expect them. I expect that our investors are going to be rewarded for for holding on to our stock. Did I see that you just expanded into Mexico? Yeah, Josh, we did. Uh, we we launched in a in a number of incredible establishments. It's just our first uh, our, our first entry into the into the Mexican market hmm. at Walmart.com as well as as Topel, which is a big distribution um, uh, the, the stores a store chain in in Mexico. We're going to continue to expand all of our categories as uh, as we strengthen our distribution relationships with Mexico but we firmly believe that um, outside of the United States Mexico is uh, our our strongest distribution uh, partner over the short term in the Americas yes and you're getting you're getting flour which is at least 42% in the lowest market being California and so if if that trend holds at least you'll have 40% you know, with the some of the best terroir and the lowest labor out of Colombia, and then an opportunity in Mexico to then get through the U.S. Uh, when other people can't. Um, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not NAFTA. I, I forget what the the new term is, but that seems like a, a phenomenal um, vertical integrated opportunity to, you know, operate where you're at, grow in Colombia. Distribute through Mexico and when convenient, get into the U.S. and basically have cost of goods sold at like 15 cents, maybe even including landing costs. And there's no one that's going to be able to compete with that. Yeah, exactly, Joshua. When you when you look at the breakdown by category, forty to fifty percent being in the in the dry flower category, and, and about fifteen to twenty percent being in edibles, and then about ten to fifteen percent being in vapes and accessories. Uh, the, the product categories that we have assembled at our company take care of the largest size of the cannabis pie. 
And, and that's the reason why, why we have done so. And then the trade routes that we are establishing are, are meant to do just that, to facilitate the growth on each one of those categories. And it's just a matter of time, right? The resolution 227 in Colombia was, was finally signed uh, a week ago Sunday. And that resolution allows us to, like, to now signal a portion of our export into dry flour. Effectively, Flora is becoming a dry flour exporter um, out of out of Colombia over the next over the next several months, so that's going to be very meaningful. We're also going to be able to manufacture, distribute, and export food and beverage out of Colombia, and then we're also going to to be able to uh, manufacture and distribute dietary supplements, which are a category that are incredibly uh, it's incredibly exciting. It, it has a tremendous level of loyalty, and we're going to be able to do that in Colombia, several other countries in the world. Dietary supplements, is that going to require FDA approval since it's fairly difficult and some CBD companies have already been issued the equivalent of cease and desist because of the claims that they were making? Yeah, that is correct. And that's why you have to pair this up with, with scientific-based research. So at the same time as we have, uh, have filed a patent for our formulations that, that are going to be dietary supplements in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will, uh, we have filed for the, for the Invima uh, registration. We're working with Invima closely to ensure that they approve the dietary supplements. Um, you, you also have to pair it with scientific based research. You have to ensure that you, uh, that you do the work, that you do the science and that you prove that the claims that you're going to, that you're going to put in these products in terms of wellness and support of the immune system for, for, for patients actually hold true and actually are safe and actually remain with high levels of quality. So we're doing the work, but we expect to be able to launch products into, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you mentioned the the bills that were approved and not approved, kind of affecting stock prices. That's kind of the Safe Banking Act. In your opinion, what is going to be the next biggest mover or driver, not only for the industry but but also affecting your business and your stock price as well? Uh, is it going to be banking? I assume you already have banking access, and that's not really an issue since a lot of companies do. Or is it going to be federal legalization? Especially with 280e being able to write off a lot of labor is going to, you know, probably make that stock price look incredibly attractive, uh, having better um, better profit margins. What are you more excited about, banking legalization or federal legalization in the U.S.? Oh, without a doubt, Josh, and I couldn't wait to to let you know. Without a doubt, federal legalization will be. The, the most meaningful regulatory law uh, uh, law change in the entire industry globally in the United States that will happen. There's going to be a massive response from the market uh, because it, it it will be very significant. But all of these other pieces of legislation are important and will make an impact. And even though I have access to banking instruments. Um, we are considered a very high-risk industry. Like the, the Safe Banking Act will help improve our negotiating terms with our banking partners, will help improve our transactional uh, and our access to, to capital and all of these rates that uh, accumulate to, to lower margins. So it will help over the short term to have the Safe Banking Act passed. And even though 
we have access to banking is not to all bankers. So it, it, all those things will, in, will improve in terms of access. Uh, the MORE Act will also be a significant, uh, a significant uh, passage. We expect something of the, of the sort to pass over the next 12 months that will be meaningful as, as well. But of course, without a doubt, the most meaningful change that could come is, is federal legalization. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at, uh, at Asia or Europe at all? Or are you just primarily focused on the Americas? Yeah, no, we certainly are, Josh. Uh, actually, Joe CBD has a, a very robust and growing business in in the United Kingdom. We're gonna we're going to inject all of our Flora Growth uh, portfolio into into the United Kingdom, and we'll move very quickly to accelerate growth in that in that part uh, of Europe. And we're also looking at other areas in the in the APAC region that are very, very interesting. Of course, we have closed a number of distribution agreements that are waiting to activate with South Africa, with Israel, with Australia, all of them with great distribution partners that cannot wait to take our product. We're just waiting on a, on a couple of regulatory steps that we need to clear with the Colombian government, and then we're off to the races. Mm-hmm. What other kind of regulatory hurdles do you have to go through for that third facet of, of your focus being research and development? Kind of reminded me a little bit of, of media in a sense, where you're trying to educate so that you can sell. And media has been on um, a pretty hot streak. Fourth quarter, like December, I think there was five or six uh, M&As specifically on media kind of consolidation. Uh, where do you see that that research and development play within you know, your revenue stream? Well, it's, it's exceptionally meaningful, obviously, kicks in over the long term because you have to do the science. You you cannot take shortcuts. There's some adjustments to what you can do in terms of uh, clinical trials, depending on whether you're going to treat a condition that is that is considered chronic or a condition that is that is uh, considered seasonal. But, but when you do the research, like the one we're doing with the University of Manchester, it's being cleared by the NHS right now. Uh, when, when you're doing research for something like fibromyalgia for, for chronic pain and the results of that research support where empirically we know is helpful that some of the molecules and formulations of cannabis support the treatment of these chronic pain, pain ailments, uh, then you're able to broadly distribute these products and put the, put the claims on these products, which would give a lot of confidence to the medical community, including the, the doctors to formulate and to the patients for, for taking it. So we expect the revenues to be meaningful, not only in, in pain, but also in other illnesses that are, are that are that are meaningful, like anxiety and, and insomnia. So we're going to continue to do that research, even though it's going to take 12, 18 months for us to be able to have formulations that are broadly distributed in the in the market. Uh, but I, th- I think those types of formulations present also an additional benefit to the other categories of products uh, in that the, if the company is investing in scientific-based research and is putting significant dollars into this category, it shows that it's willing to highlight the benefits of that the, that uh, cannabis has in its multiple, multiple categories across the over 100 molecules that are available. We're seeing um, some research being implemented by the NFL and the National Football League is doing some research on cannabis, which is pretty surprising. They've been um, dragging their feet more than a lot of the other leagues. I think the Major League Baseball team hasn't drug tested. The National Hockey League hasn't drug tested, um, raising some some concerns about, um, you know, these these white dominated sports, whereas the football um, even the NBA doesn't even test uh, as much anymore for cannabis. So finally, NFL kind of getting on board. 
um, and looking at alternatives, especially for CTE and some of these other issues. And I'm wondering when when that does flip and they're allowed to um, speak their mind and and use the product and um, be spokespeople, is that going to influence the market at all? Uh, do you use influencers? Uh, we do, we do. We have a, a number of influencers, even like with, with, with just CBD, uh, the, the, the company just signed a great influence agreement with a, with a great athlete and commentator um, in, in soccer, but in, 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 uh, in the European uh, Union, obviously soccer is the largest sport in the world. We're mm-hmm. getting to the Qatar World Cup this year. So that wasn't meaningful that is, is yet to be announced, but we're going to continue to, to, to work with these athletes and celebrities because they become great spokesperson for, for what is a, is a, is a wellness movement. There's, there's without a doubt, Josh, you know, this cannabis is a generational opportunity to not, not only in terms of economic benefit, but also in terms of, of wellness and well-being and a change of lifestyle for a lot of people that have been dealing with, with like chronic pain, that have been dealing with insomnia, that have been dealing with anxiety. And all the, the access that they have today are actually very ad, ad, addictive solutions to what the problem is. Like the, the, the opioid uh, crisis continues to be a crisis, continues to be an epidemic. There's a there's over a hundred thousand, almost a hundred thousand people that die every year from from drug overdose that has spiked over the last couple of years with the pandemic. Uh, people are overutilizing things like uh, hydrocodone and oxycodone, and um, and there's clearly safer alternatives out there. And cannabis presents itself as one of those plant based wellness alternative that can help alleviate some of these. Uh, some of these ailments that are that are plaguing humanity at a at a much lower addic- addictive rate with much less uh, consequences as as those of of opioids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you're able to. Um, are you working with anybody in Colombia at the hospital level to educate clients that come in? I know that South America has different kind of rules in, in terms of doctors being able to talk and prescribe cannabis. Is that something that you're able to do down there? Yes, we are, uh, Josh, and you're absolutely right. We have a number of partnerships. Uh, but me personally have very close uh, ties with the, with the Colombian government and regulators, helping them inform them on what, what would be the most appropriate regulatory framework in which patients and consumers can have access to cannabis of high quality without any bad actors or without any bad quality products filtering into the market. Um, and a company like, like mine, a leader in the, in the Colombian space, obviously uh, is, is helping inform how to navigate this. And then you probably saw at the beginning of the year that insurance companies are now covering cannabinoid-based uh, formulations for, for patients. So that is a big step because it helps doctors have the confidence to, to uh, prescribe these medications and know that their patients are actually going to be able to afford them. But the next step is education the medical community on the benefits of cannabis. And we're actually putting our, our money where, where, where our, our mouth is and we're making sure that we're developing educational courses and we're, we're spending a significant amount of resources 
just training the medical community so they understand how to formulate and what types of formulations to give their patients to treat the various illnesses. And we also have partnerships with many medical and educational institutions like the Industrial University of Santander, who has one of the most renowned scientists uh, in, in the in the, in the world, Dr. Elena Stechenko, an expert in chromatography, to help us support us in the mission of providing a safe access to cannabis to all. That's great. What else is on the horizon? What are a couple of goals that you've got in order to get there? Well, Josh, we're going to continue to uh, to expand our distribution. Now, the the work on uh, bringing uh, just CBD into the into the fold. We've done this multiple times already, so we know how to uh, very quickly. Uh, merge uh, uh, companies from a cultural and, and, and distribution revenue standpoint. We're going to do that over the next couple of months. Obviously, at the end of next month, we're going to have our, our earnings call for, for 2021. And we're going to uh, talk about our guidance for 2022 with the many changes that are coming. Uh, we expect to continue to expand our distribution and execute on our three pillars. Uh, this is the year where we're going to be able to start reaping the benefits of all the work that we have done in terms of building our infrastructure, building our talent, building our distribution network. We're now going to be able to activate all of the of our product categories. And I'm, I look forward to highlight all, all the meaningful successes we're going to have in 2022, Josh. Yeah, so if investors want to take a look uh, at Flora Growth and, and see where you guys are at, um, uh, looks like a value stock to me, FLGC on NASDAQ, but where else are you guys at? Of course, Josh, we, we, are, we are very active on social media. My, my name, of course, Luis Merchan, I'm the director and CEO, very active on LinkedIn, highlighting all the, all the many changes and, and the many announcements in terms of execution for our company. Uh, we are on, 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 online on www.floragrowth.com. Uh, our entire website and 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 contacts for public relations and investor relations are are there, but you can also follow us on Twitter and the various uh, social media platforms. And I'll put Luis's LinkedIn connection in the show notes in the description, as well as Flora Growth's uh, LinkedIn profile as well. But with that, I think we're gonna have to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guest, Luis Merchan. He's the director and CEO of Flora Growth. Luis, thanks again for being back on the Talking Edge. Josh, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate it. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, 
PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.